This is T.M. Camp, and you're listening to the podcast of my novel, Assam and Darjeeling. Book Three Purgatory Chapter Ten I know where the river rises again, Edgar told them. So, with him in the lead, the three of them marched out over the barren plain. After what seemed like hours, G pointed to a dark smudge on the horizon. What is it? It, Edgar told her, is a forest. It's where we're going. G looked to her brother. He nodded. They went on. As they walked, Assam could feel a dull ache growing in the middle of his head. By the time they came within eyesight of the tree line, it felt like there was a hive of wasps loose in his mind, the long drone rising with every step they took, almost unbearable. At the edge of the forest, Edgar looked up at the trees waving and whispering in the wind overhead. The river is just on the other side. Great, G said. Let's go. Edgar held up his hand. We're not going through the forest. Why not? Because, he told her, we're going around it. G looked to her brother. Assam didn't meet her gaze. He was too busy grinding his teeth with the effort of shutting out all the noise in his head. What's the matter? G asked then stopped, looking quickly into the trees. There were faint whispers and voices coming from the forest. Can you hear that? G asked the boys. What are they saying? Yes, Edgar said, and I don't care. Her brother could as well, of course, but it was far louder for him and the effort to shut it all out had almost drained him completely. G closed her eyes. There's a woman. I hear a woman. Edgar looked at Assam pointedly, but the other boy was lost in his own careful, fragile thoughts and didn't reply. What are they? G asked. You really don't want to know. Edgar brushed past her, giving the bushes and stunted trees at the forest's edge a wide berth. Come on, we need to keep moving. Assam nodded squinting and somewhat under control, following close after him. G stood for a moment, still staring into the trees. She sounds so sad. She ran to catch up with the boys. I still don't understand, she said to Edgar. Do you have to understand for your feet to work? G sulked for a moment. How close is the river again? Maybe a mile or so. Edgar gestured to the trees on their left. Maybe a little less. One mile, she shook her head. And how far do we have to go around? It's maybe ten miles or so. Ten miles? She stared at him. I thought this was the shortcut. And I thought you knew something about something. Gee crossed her arms. I know that ten miles is longer than one mile. Good for you, Edgar said. And do you know the difference between the two? <laughs> Nine miles, she snorted. I'm not exactly an idiot. Edgar closed his eyes and rubbed his thumb between his eyebrows. Actually, 
he said warily. In this instant, you are, in fact, exactly an idiot. He gestured along the ridge of trees they were following. You see ten miles of hard walking, with no shade and a shifty, unreliable leader. He paused. I hoped, he said after a moment, that someone might disagree with me on that last one. Neither of the children said anything. Anyways, that's ten miles that no one in their right mind would go out of their way to walk. Unless, of course, the shortcut was worse. And is it? Assam asked. Well, Edgar said, it all depends on what you're used to. He walked over to a nearby bush and tore a small branch from it. The bush shuddered and a voice shrinked out from within, saying, He said he loved me, only me, only me, and no other, but there were too many. I didn't want this. He said he was mine forever. We'd always be together forever, I told him, and he didn't answer, but there were too many. I could not take so many. I didn't want this, not this. He would be mine, but I did not want this. My father and mother, my lover, there were too many. I didn't want so many, so many. He wouldn't see me, not me. Too many. He had too many, too many to take. I didn't want this. I couldn't want this. There were too many. I told him and he didn't answer. He wouldn't answer. He wouldn't see me. There were too many and I didn't want this and there were too many for me and he wouldn't see me and I couldn't take too many. Too many before he would see me again. He would not see me again. I didn't want this. I took too many. Too many. And then after too long it fell quiet once more. Edgar tossed the stick away and dusted off his hands. They all do that. Every tree and bush, every snap twig and every leaf that falls frees their voice and their misery. He looked pointedly at them, G with her hands over her ears, a psalm swallowing against the bile at the back of his throat. How many times do you think we might actually snap a twig or brush a branch walking through that forest? If we're very careful, G began. Edgar's sneer stopped her short. It's hard to be careful when you're running flat out with a wolf at your heels and something worse than wolves swooping down from the branches above. Wolves? G asked. They're everywhere in the wood, waiting for the day when they can feed again on low-hanging fruit. I know you have some experience, he nodded at Assam. But foxes and wolves are like flint and fire, cousins at best, and only one can truly burn you. He grinned. Besides, there's something worse than wolves, Assam finished. The boy shuddered melodramatically. Oh, ten times worse. They rest in the trees. The children are raised in nests woven from twigs and screams. Harpies, he said. They like to play with their food. He reached over and plucked a small leaf. The bush whimpered briefly and then fell into a sorrowful whispering. Edgar smiled quietly and plucked another and another until the plant was shuddering with sobs. Stop it! G ran forward and, to her surprise as much as his, slapped Edgar in the face. It was a hard blow for such a little girl and he staggered back with his hand up but only for a moment. He straightened and the upraised hand became a fist. His face was very pale, save for three bright streaks her fingertips had left there. Assam stepped between them 
we have a bargain, you and I. Edgar gave him such a look of hate that Assam thought for a moment he was going to have to fight. But the boy lowered his fist. Yes, we do. His eyes flickered to G, then back. But she doesn't hit me again, and you'd better not either. I never have, Assam said mildly. The pockmarked skin wrinkled up around the boy's eyes. Assam couldn't tell if he was about to laugh or cry. Sure, well, let's just keep it that way. And you? He turned to face G, a finger in her face. Don't ever touch me again. You are, she said, her voice shaking, the most horrible person in the world. He gave her a short, quick bark of a laugh in reply. Hardly, but I can show you where he lives. He stared at her for a moment before shifting his gaze back to her brother. So, Edgar said with false cheer, long way round then? G crossed her arms. We should go through. We can make it. And he has to help protect us. I said I'd keep you safe, brat. Not commit suicide for you. Edgar looked at Assam. It's very noisy in there. He jerked his thumb towards the trees. How you feeling right now? You think you can handle that? Savagely, he snapped a twig off of the bush and it screamed briefly before lapsing back into a shallow moan. Assam stared up at the trees. The wind shook the branches, and he heard the faint voices within, whispering, weeping. We're taking the shortcut, he said to his sister. Which one? she asked. He nodded to Edgar. Well then, the boy said, let's not waste any more time. He turned on his heel and headed off. G looked after him. I don't understand why you made that deal, she said in a low voice. Would you rather have him somewhere back there following us, never knowing when he was going to show up or what he was going to do? Or up in front, where we can keep an eye on him? How do you know he won't go back on his promise? I don't know that he won't, her brother said. Even if Edgar kept his word, they would still need to be careful. Edgar was the sort of kid who always knew where the best hiding places were, and Assam could tell he was hiding something. We'll just need to stay one step ahead of him, he said. Then we'd better catch up. He nodded. Together, they followed after the boy. You've been listening to Assam and Darjeeling, written and read by the author, T.M. Camp. A new chapter from the book is available each week, free to download at the iTunes Store. To find out more about Assam and Darjeeling, to read my weblog, or to send me your questions and feedback, visit my website at tmcamp.com. I hope to hear from you. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you soon.
This podcast was written, performed, and produced by TM Camp and may not be copied, distributed, transcribed, or otherwise reproduced without his express written permission. Even listening to the damn thing is probably illegal these days. In fact, you should stop right now, just in case the feds are closing in on you. I'd wipe your hard drive, too, just to be safe. You don't want them to find all those Firefly episodes you downloaded from BitTorrent, do you? Wait, did you hear that? Just outside the window? I think it was one of their robotic hounds. The new models have night vision, you know. And now they see everything. Oh my god, I think... I think they might already be in the house.